Welcome to Observing Others with Tim and Kelly. This is podcast number 10. Number 10, the big 10. Welcome, Kelly. Welcome to a good snowy morning. Uh, that makes three of four this week, right? Yeah, but it's been really dry snow. We need water. Yeah. But that's the topic for another day. No, it's the topic for today because snow. Right, that's where you're going with it. So tell us why we're re-podcasting, Tim. Oh, do I have to? Yes, you do. So I failed to put the SD card in properly and got a blue light instead of a red light. And so we had a phenomenal conversation a few days ago. We did. We have a guest today. And yes, we've asked the guest back because it was good and we want it to be better. And, and he was gracious enough to come back and we appreciate that. Yes. And I think we'll have a better conversation than we had last time. I'm sure time. we will. What was interesting though, I posted on Facebook after our series of unfortunate events is that we want to be more flexible as um, podcasters, as business to business people. We just, we want to learn to have the agility to be flexible. And it was a day of all kinds of unfortunate events. I think things happened that I think it maybe it was um, just meant to be. Yeah. We had the giant snowstorm that was a shocker to many. Right. It wasn't in the forecast. No. And then, so we were all late to breakfast that morning. Right. I had to take Maisie the next day to the vet, yeah. my dog. How is Maisie? Um, she has pancreatitis. Ouch. And then my stepdaughter's tire was flat, so I had to go help change it in yeah. like frigid 12 degree weather. Right. But because we had the subject on our minds of how do we expect the unexpected, then we could appreciate so it, many it was It was an things. entire lesson of unexpected events we pivoted a lot we did today's then, to my ultimate demise that i did not record the podcast hey but i've publicly shamed you so we're good okay. <laughs> I, and i'm fine with that we have our guest again and his name is lauren jepson welcome lauren thanks for having me guys we're glad to have you here yeah it's always good so this is a tri-podcast not a quadcast so it's our first tri-podcast triple play podcast oh yeah yeah like it. I do we'll too. Roll with it. Lauren, we're going to give you a chance to introduce yourself in a minute here. But Tim, anything else you want to say about the weekend, the week that has transpired? You know, it's just, just, it's been a good week, I think. Yeah. We've been to a lot of events together. We have. Yeah. So, so. we're uh, looking for opportunities to expand our podcast. And that is why we have reached out to somebody who has a breadth and a depth of understanding and take it away, Lauren. <laughs> well, Hey, uh, notice we didn't set that up as good as last time, Tim. Uh, I'm waiting right, for though. you. I'm like, Tim, set it up. You know, but this is, remember, we don't have a script on this. Yeah. So, and everybody asks us that, like, do you guys have a script? I'm like, no, no. We, we do not have a script. We rolled the punches on this program. Yeah. So obviously Lauren, we don't know how to set up for guests. So yeah, that's okay. Hey Lauren, how's Very it going? Good. Hey, I'm hey. good. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, Lauren. All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so, yeah, um, I, uh, I started a, a business called Live, Lead, Love Group, and it uh, stems back from observing others, oh. like, like you guys well like played. to do. Well, good point right? there. Right? So, it started, uh, well, I guess my story started about 15 years ago uh, in the military and uh, observing others, and I just noticed that uh, there's a... A lot of problems with leadership, and then how can I present a solution to that problem? 
And for me, that was the live, lead, love group. And that is to, you know, live by example, lead with passion and love others. Um, and the key component there is, an, is emotional intelligence. And so that's what I, I do. I go, I speak and consult uh, with businesses on uh, emotionally intelligent leadership. L for leader, L for live, L for love, and L for Lauren. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Got to go with the L thing. It was good. I like it. So tell me about your master's thesis or your subject. What do they call it? A master's thesis? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I'll squeeze a little in here. So he did his master's thesis on leadership. That sounds pretty broad. Tell us how you broke that down. So, well, um, I guess the, the master's is in, you know, it was from a military school. Um, and, you know, as an officer, you're always talking about leadership. Um, and so that you're talking about, you know, warfare and leadership and, you know, insert, you know, organization, whatever here, leadership. And so I did my master's thesis on, on leadership. And it was basically because, again, I saw the problem that we go to all these leadership courses and trainings and everything like that, but it does not, for some reason, translate to the workplace. And so that was my thesis was how can we get it to translate to the workplace? And I came up with basically emotional intelligence and social competence are the two factors that are missing that need to be input um, so that it will transition. I think from anywhere you can learn is the military. I mean, I, I mean, I like sports, don't get me wrong, but I, sometimes I think we look at that as leadership sometimes and I don't see it. But in the military, when I've heard um, different individuals speak about that, that connects with me of actual leadership because in many instances, that's life or death. And right. if you can't lead in a life or death situation, um, then there's definitely breakdown in leadership and problems. But I like hearing from that aspect of it. Sports don't, I mean, that's just a game, right? And I know we can relate to it, but actually hearing about real experiences there is where I think you can really gain. And a lot of people, and maybe you can touch on this, a lot of people um, have a misconception of the military that it's just do as you're told. But there is that emotional intelligence there. There is compassion there. Um, and um, and maybe you can touch on that a little bit of how you relate that into business. Yeah, I think I think there, there should, it should be there. I think uh, a lot of times it's lacking, um, you know, because you, you start out, you know, in basic training or whatever, and it's a lot of do as you're told. Um, and then you do, as you come along, you get a lot more leadership training and things like that. Um, but I, I think emotional intelligence is not talked about very much um, in the military. Um, and, and you, know, it they, you know, in the leadership trainings, they talk about a lot of the other good skills. And, you know, you do all this different role playing and active listening and things like that. So there are some like little keys, but there's not like the, this is emotional intelligence. You need to sit down and you need to understand your emotions and you need to understand, you know, whoever you're talking to, your, your subordinates or, or whatever. Uh, you need to understand their emotions and you need to connect. You need to build those relationships of trust uh, and things like that. So then when you do get to a life or death combat situation, you know, and things have to be done, like immediately, there's no, like, right. let's, let's sit down and, and have a conversation about this. 
It's like, you got to move now, go. But you've already built that relationship of trust through emotional intelligence. You understand, you know, your leader or your follower um, and their, their positions and what needs to be done. And then it just flows and you make that happen. You know, the emotional intelligence thing, uh, artificial intelligence, um, a hot topic both for technology as well as what types of jobs it may or may not replace, this idea that we communicate and interact with robots or robocalls or whatever the different kind of bots that are out there, and it's sometimes just software and not a, a live person or a real person on the other end. So here, here you're talking about the most rigid and regimen organizations in the world, which are the military, where the control and the discipline are are the huge factor and byproduct. And for centuries, the emotional side, I mean, there's really an emotional side of the brain. I guess some people call it the heart. Um, you can get too much in your prefrontal cortex and be thinking, and, and then you're not using the emotional side to listen with or to to interact or to connect with people. So military would seem to be a high bar because so many centuries of this disciplined and control and military framework was necessary to protect, to teach, and to train troops. And now the if we're pivoting towards artificial intelligence, we're going to be further away from interactions with human to human, person to person. In fact, how many, I mean, I won't go into the details because I don't know them, but drone strikes or drones instead of manned aircraft or other things that replace what used to be, even if it was the enemy, it was, you know, face to face or person to person. So military is in need of emotional intelligence now more than ever because technology is taking us in the in the opposite direction right and and it's funny you mentioned you know drone strikes and things like that because um they've actually found that those the drone pilots are having high counts of ptsd post-traumatic stress disorder um, because there's that you know ai out of touch thing they go basically fly a combat mission and then they go to their kids soccer game um and so the so there's that disconnect there where when you deploy or whatever, you're in the combat zone and you can more easily separate in your brain. Now that I'm, now I come back and now I'm not in combat anymore. It's still, it's still challenging, but like you said, it's needed now more than ever. So then leadership can tap in and be like, and talk, talk to those drone pilots and be like, all right, guys, you know, let me know how you're feeling, you know, connect with them emotionally so you can, help with those PTSD issues. So here's what would be really interesting. Just kind of, I'm using my imagination here because I've not read your thesis and I've not done enough investigating of emotional intelligence, but, but I would imagine that if we used to think that emotions were a weakness and the military is by far the most macho type of organization, or at least that's the way it appeared or they wanted it to appear that way. If emotions are not weakness, they're just not being channeled correctly I would think that if the military could tap into emotional intelligence on a more heightened level, at a higher level, that it would be the perfect organization to lead out in the forefront of emotional intelligence because it would be able to match, you know, side by side 
with everything else that has to do with tactic and strategy, and yet you suddenly have introduced something that's not a weakness, that's a part of the, the psychosomatic nature of human thinking and feeling, and, and here is the perfect place for a person to, to have a balance between what they're thinking and feeling in a very intense environment. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think if, if they could do that, and you know, and like that negative, that negative connotation of like your emotions and we're supposed to be tough guys or whatever. And it's not, I think emotional intelligence, it's not necessarily, you know, we got to like, you know, circle around and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's not all touchy feely. Right? It, yeah. It's not touchy feely. It's just understanding your emotions, understanding their emotions, and then being able to, to lead them using those, you know, if you're, you know, you understand, uh, the, this this situation we're going into it can be scary, you know. But then and then you know, hey, hey guys, I know, I know the feelings that you're feeling, you know. And then this is how we are going to to make this mission happen, or or something like that. It's not like let's let's all hold hands and cry a little bit or anything like that. It's it's also something they're seeing on the public safety side of things within communities with police and firefighters is connecting to that i mean they're seeing rising levels of that ptsd and um emotional issues so they're having with some of the trauma that they see um and so i've been involved with um, the fire um, side of things for the last five years and one thing i've been impressed with with my fire chief is he uses the chief's bullseye um, to help his firefighters um, connect that and he talks about things like excellence and you know being in a state of readiness but one of those things is compassion and having compassion for each other and understanding each other to, to look at each other and um, ask, you know, your partner, how are things going? You know, I, there's some things that they just have been taught for years. You don't talk about it. They don't go home to their wives and talk about the things that they see. And um, it's, it's been interesting on my side of things to see things as that as well. But I sat on a structure fire um, a few years ago and wow, I learned more about leadership in that instance than I have anywhere else. But I saw that emotional side of it, of their concern for each other. And, you know, they have a role that everyone comes home and they plaster that on the walls of the fire station. And I was like, why don't we apply these things more often to our regular lives of looking out for each other? Yeah. I, I think police and fire are huge huge area where you, you know, they use emotional intelligence all the time or need to use emotional intelligence. They're interacting with the public and a lot of times in very stressful, dynamic or whatever situation. Even a dispatcher, they have to take control of that phone call right that second. They cannot let the person on the other end. They're usually way too emotional. Um, They're on the other end of, of the spectrum with it and they have to control that situation the second that person gets on the line. Right. So this, this topic of emotional intelligence could be a very big thing to, to bring to those first responders as well. Well, and you know, with, with the police or with military and the, the creating this personification, this ideal, this larger than life type of a thing often, um, keeps people from connecting, emotionally connecting, um, in that emotional environment. And sometimes those stereotypes or stigmas stay. And then you've got, I'm thinking of Russia now. We're in a week about Russia and in years past where 
Russia was made to be this evil empire. And then uh, uh, there was a president, President Reagan, who reached across the aisle, across the oceans, across, you know, time in memorial for all that had been such a cold war and was able to do some things. And we saw some things happen and without going into details of what's happening this week, the idea that ignorance often is the precipitates that uh, prejudice or that bigotry and coming to understand someone's feelings and from their perspective, our whole reason for observing others, it, it takes more than just passive listening or you know, cursory paying attention. It, it requires there to be a connection, an actual interaction that they're both tapping into something. It doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a bond. You're not, may not be barbecuing with the policeman, but if you're, if you are tapping or the police officers are tapping into that connectiveness, then you're going to bridge a gap that reduces prejudice and bigotry that reduces ignorance. I mean, I think I'm thinking back to when they put the dare program in the schools with police officers and what a difference it was for for uh, both the police force and the high school students to see the human side of both and that not every student was a criminal and not every policeman was some kind of crooked thug. And the D.A.R.E. program itself um, wasn't even for that reason, but look what it did. Yeah, I, it reminded me of two things and a couple of things you said. First thing, one thing was people. And the other thing was see. I think that's the, you could just bring it right down to those points is people see everybody as people. We are not just, you know, you know, a military member, a police fire or, or whoever, whatever you do, lawyer, doctor, first things first is people. You are a person. So treat them like a person, you know, have that understanding. So the, the next thing is see, um, and, you know, so I'm like, how do you do this? How do you, how do you treat somebody or first see them as a person? So it's one of the things that I talk about that I came up with um, is the acronym. I use the acronym C, okay? It stands for stop, evaluate, and empathize. And that is how you're going to see that person as an individual. First, you're going to stop it, whatever it is, whatever your interaction is, you know, whatever your job is, uh, you come into a situation, stop. Don't let your emotions just get the best of you. Don't get all fired up or, you know, whatever. Then evaluate the situation. So take a sec. You know, you might have a little bit longer. You might not. But evaluate the situation and be like, okay, evaluate your emotions. Evaluate their emotions. And be like, okay, now I need to empathize. I need to show empathy. I need to put myself in their shoes and we need to connect. And that's how you can solve, I feel, a lot of these problems. Um, remembering first that we're all people. And then second, see. See them as people. You know, stop, evaluate, empathize. See them as people. And then, you know, whatever position you're in, see how you can help them, see how you can lead them, or whatever. Totally ties into observing others in so many ways that we may have to have more tripod guests, Tim. I, I agree. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? And I, I'm trying to use that within just, you know, my job and family 
um, you know, my yeah. political life. Let me ask you in the time that we've been doing this podcast, hasn't, hasn't your peripheral vision just expanded with regards to how you view other people? Huge. Yeah. I was just having this discussion with, uh, Bill Campbell who, um, is running for us Congress here in our district. And I'm like, is it, wouldn't it just be amazing if we could just talk to each other as people and put aside right. all of our, um, right, left lingo and, and actually have morphed in our discussions of not thinking right and left to thinking more circular. And that will be a discussion for another day. But I mean, if we can just change our perception and see each other as humans, we could solve a lot more issues within our community, our country, our world. Exactly. And I don't know which politician I was talking to, but I, the phrase came to my mind, instead of checking the polls, you need to check the polls. You need to see where the people are at not where the polls and the numbers are. And I think what you've said and what Lauren said today, that's totally been exactly our focus and something that we'll continue to talk about because we're going to continue to observe others in their settings and the circumstances and be able to see from their perspective. Right. Lauren, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Yep. So if people want to get a hold of you, Lauren, how would they go about doing that? Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. It's just Lauren Jepson. And then also my website is liveleadlovegroup.com. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate you being on today. Thanks. I thought it me. turned out better than last time. Yeah, way <laughs> better than last Glad time. Glad we had a do-over. Uh, do-overs are great. <laughs> yeah. Well, as always, check us out, observingothers.com. Check us out on um, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find Observing Others with Tim and Kelly. And Lauren this time. And Lauren this time. So uh, check us out. Leave a review. Um, let us know what you think. That uh, helps us out a lot. Thanks again, Tim. Thanks okay. again, Lauren. Yep. Thanks to you both. <laughs>